my name is Smitty from the Fantasy Football Show. You're listening to a live audio podcast on Spotify Green Room. If you're listening to the replay of this, all you got to do is DM me on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Show and ask, how do I get in to your live podcast show, Smitty? Because I'm sending a link right this second. I just hit the button to an exclusive group of people that are now going to funnel into the show. And they can ask questions, they can get on stage and talk, and they'll actually, their audio, their question, their audio will actually be on the podcast because everything you're hearing right now, if you're listening to the replay, was done live. And I post all of these shows live. So I sent out that that message to everybody to get people in here. We're going to be talking about a few specific things, although I do answer questions in the chat live as the show unfolds. So if you've got a question Ask, ask uh, in the chat right here or raise your hand and I'll throw you up on stage. What's up, Jordan? So I'm talking about J.K. Dobbins. I'm talking about a little bit of A-Rod, although I'll have a podcast. Um, actually, the podcast before this you want to listen to uh, because I'll post that one tonight, the one that I'm referencing right here about Aaron Rodgers, and then we'll recap it again right here. Talking about A-Rod, the situation. Will he be in Denver? Will he be in Green Bay? Will he be in Hawaii? Will he pl- be playing for the Hawaii uh, Beach Bums in 2021? Might be the case. We'll talk about that in a second. And Antonio Gibson, the man we call Gibby, where are we valuing him in 2021? So J.K. Dobbins, A-Rod Gibson, kind of the, the the topics I'm going to I'm gonna hit on. But Jordan, anybody else that is going to be in the chat here, ask a question if you've got one, and I'll certainly answer it for you. J.K. Dobbins, will start, actually start off with A-Rod. Again, Listen to the podcast before for more details on this. But A-Rod is in a unique situation that wasn't quite made known until today. Uh, The information is that A-Rod, this is the the NFL Players Association, has an agreement and something written into the the situation here that that A-Rod can opt out of 2021. He can opt out of 2021 and get paid. 18.3 million dollars in 2021 so the uh, nfl players association wrote a rule this year that and last year that you can opt out of 2020 and 2021 it won't affect a rod in terms of getting that that bonus that signing bonus on top of the fact that he'll get like a a roster bonus or a camp bonus it'll be a total of 18.3 million dollars that a rod will be guaranteed if he opts out of the entire 2021 season and on the flip side, if A-Rod wants to play hardball with his contract or wanting to get a trade, he's playing with fire in a sense because if A-Rod says, you know what, I won't opt out, but I'm not showing up to camp, he could lose $18.3 million, get fined $2 million for missing camp, essentially costing him $2 million and not making eighteen if he decides to hold out. So it's a no-brainer. If Rodgers says, I'm not playing for Green Bay, if he's made his mind up, I'll retire. I've had a long career. I'd rather retire than play for Green Bay. If that's his mindset, he will absolutely opt out of the 2021 season. If Green Bay is willing to trade him or give him a, a massive deal, which he may be in negotiations with, he could be. He could be talking. The, Devonta Adams, there was word this week that Adams was in uh, tr- uh, contract negotiations. And you got to wonder, what does A what does Adams know? A-Rod and Adams have to be talking. Like, they're, they're, they're buddies. They're teammates. 
They're 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 one of the best connections in the league. This the, these two have to know. They have to be talking behind the scenes. Adams has to know where Rodgers is probably leaning. My first instinct when I heard that news was, hey, Adams is, if his agent's even talking about contract negotiations, maybe they know something. Um, that was before the news broke today that A-Rod could essentially opt out. Now, that just may make the Packers offer some massive deal. And I know Rodgers says it's not about money, it's about respect. But at the same time, offering a big deal, giving Rodgers what he wants is respect. That's showing him respect. Maybe that's what Rodgers wants. Maybe Rodgers is on the fence about playing for Green Bay, but you offer him a big enough contract that he can play two years on and, and have more, more, way more money than the $18.3 million. Plus, he's a competitive guy. I don't think he wants to hang it up, but I do believe he's happy with his life to the point where this man might be willing to actually – walk away for a year, enjoy his life, miss the game, want to come back in 2022, but make $18.3 million and stick it to Green Bay and say, you want to mess with me? Watch. You want to disrespect me? Watch. Hold my beer. Hold my martini. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to Waikiki Beach, and I'm going to relax for a whole year on your dime, $18.3 million. In Crazy, crazy, crazy. And it, the motivation's there for him to play hardball. It really is. And and if I see him going anywhere, it's Denver, most likely. Jerry Judy to the moon, Javonta Williams to the moon. Even Sutton's going to get a whole big bump. But Jerry Judy to the moon, Noah Fant to the moon. Um, Jordan's got a question. I've got a keeper choice between J.K. in the seventh and Gibby in the sixth. Wow. Um, i probably go Gibby. Even though it's a, a round difference, we're talking about such a late round difference, it doesn't truly matter. Um, I feel like Gibson, I just, I draft Gibson higher. I like both of them. I'm not going to lie. I like both of them. But Gibson feels, I draft Gibson higher and, and that, that late of a difference in the round, six and seven is not, uh, it's not a, uh, it doesn't move the needle for me. Definitely leaning toward Gibby, compare, contrast, JK and Gibby. Um, if I'm going to compare and contrast the two, I would say that they're both in similar situations in that we don't know what their volume's going to be. McKissick got a lot of work in the in the receiving game. Um, he still could. Gibson was very touchdown dependent. If you took away his touchdowns, the yardage actually wouldn't have put him in in the elite category because he was still you know getting to learn the position in the game. Keep in mind, this guy caught in in the the range of like 30 I want to say it was like 30 receptions total in college and like 30 rushes <laughs> like he is not he was not a running back or a wide receiver really full-time in college he was neither he, he kind of came in and it's like hey this is a guy we're going to turn into a running back sounds like a disaster of a situation that never works out but it did and the football team knows how to use him he looks electric they, they they have confidence in him. Um, the staff's talking about night and day when talking about how good he looks this year versus last year. There's the toe issue that definitely moved his ADP into like the 3.1 range. But now this new news breaking about how he looks is like night and day looking at this guy. That news is going to bump him back into the second round. No question about it. And he's a safe mid-second round pick. I worry about the toe. I don't like that it still has bothered him in the offseason. He should have been over that. 
And I've talked to some doctors that have said that without surgery, something that's still lingering that deep into the, the off season is a concern that he should have surgery with it. But that's speculation too, because this is player speak. We have coach speak. We have players speak. Who knows how severe anything is. We're, we're kind of, we're kind of running the risk of, of leaning too hard, hard on one side of these types of situations, because what if he's just trying to talk up his hard, gritty, you know, sense of work ethic that he, you know, he mustered through last year with a toe injury. That's it's, it was so bad last year. It's still bothering me now. That's how much of a, a warrior I am. Like that could be kind of his angle of answering that question. You know, like everyone makes these assumptions that if his toe's still bothering him, it's got to be this severity of an injury. We don't know. We don't get those kind of details. So to freak out, I think is riskier than to take them. So I don't, I don't worry too much about the injury. J.K. Dobbins, I'm more worried about his volume than I'm worried about Gibson's injury, if that makes any sense. And I feel like Gibson's a little, bo- little bit more secured into his role, whereas J.K., I feel like I love him a lot, man. I think he's top 5 to 10 worthy. Gibson's top 6 to 10 worthy. Like I'd almost put J.K. one spot higher upside-wise. You know, if he was used properly, five to ten, Gibson six to ten. But the problem, the problem is Gibson just feels so much more um, ready to rumble. We've seen more of it, you know. Whereas we're hoping with J.K., we're hoping that he gets the volume. We're hoping Gus, the bus, doesn't just dig into his volume. We're hoping Lamar doesn't fall apart again for half of a season like he did last year. We're hoping they can move the football and not have a, a unraveling of this team. Whoever everybody seems to think can't happen. Uh, everyone seems to think that the uh, the AFC North is just invincible. They're the best division in football with the Browns and the Ravens and the Steelers. And then there's the Bengals that aren't going to threaten those three teams, those double digit win teams from last. Like, let me tell you something. The Bengals are not finishing last in the division. It's either going to be Pittsburgh or something's going to happen that, that doesn't seem likely now. Like it does every year. People throwing their arms up saying, Smitty, how can you say this about that team and that team? Like how do you how do you predict an unraveling of the Ravens? Look, we saw it happen for half of a year. It could, it could certainly happen again. And I'm not, I'm not saying the Washington football, football team can't unravel, that Fitzpatrick can't get hurt. But I kind of like Heineke. And I think Fitzpatrick, you know, has a real shot at staying healthy with the way that this offense will operate. And the fact that they're going to run a lot, their defense is phenomenal. It's going to be a really fun year for for the football team in 2021. I'm going to lean toward Gibby, bro. And I think I've covered Gibson enough just answering your questions. uh, So I don't even have to go that direction. And I think I covered J.K. Dobbins enough answering your questions. So your questions were perfect, bro, because they're exactly the topic. Most people are like trying to take this thing and derail the podcast with a question about like, you know, Matt Ryan or something boring like that, that I don't want to answer. So I appreciate you asking relevant questions, Jordan. And for those of you listening to the replay again, DM me on Instagram at the fantasy football show and ask me, Hey Smitty, how do I get involved in your live podcast? Um, your Spotify podcast that you do live. How do I get involved in that? Because if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcast right now, or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast, you're listening to the replay of it. DM me on IG to get involved in the live version of it, which we repost and, and share. Um, 
believe what Riverboat Ron says, though. He wants to get Gibby in the pass game. I do believe Gibby will get a big bump all over, and that should take care of any kind of potential diminished touchdown production numbers we could be looking at because, you know, I, I think he's capable of, of of 8 to 12 TDs. Like, that feels safe to me. But he was very touchdown dependent last year. And I think any decrease there, even if it's one or two, he'll get an uptick enough in receiving yards, receptions, and rushing yards. I think he's definitely going to see a big bump in all those categories. Maybe not touchdowns. Maybe touchdowns either stays the same or goes down one or two. But that's not a significant thing. You know, it's like 12 points. I think he gets a huge bump overall, you know, spread out amongst rushing yards, receptions, and receiving yards. He's This guy is more than what he did last year. He's more than what we've seen. It's exciting. Gibson's got first-round potential value. Do not draft him there. We were just sniffing him in the 3.1 range because of the toe concerns. So don't even consider making him a first-rounder. That's not that's not my point. But he has, like in hindsight, oh, that's a, that was a first-round value we got for that mid-second-round pick or late-second-round pick. Freaking love him. One more question. Jordan, absolutely, bro. Hit me with it. And we'll actually end this podcast pretty quickly because I like how, how we've hit all these topics like boom, boom, boom. Jordan's questions have been pretty relevant. How high are we on Calvin Ridley without Julio? I know you've covered it, but also in key, in keeper consideration for a third, uh, for a third, like a third option or a third round pick. What do you, what do you, what do you mean there? So Calvin Ridley, like, here's the thing, bro. Third round. That's awesome. Keeper value. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, there's better keeper value than that in some drafts. I'm not going to say that it's the best I've ever heard, but one, and a half full rounds or one round, depending on where your pick is, that's fine. That's perfect. Or Gibby in the six. I take Gibson in the six over Ridley in the third, only because you could draft back like a Ridley or a DK or a uh, Justin Jefferson potentially at the top of the third. So therefore, you know, I run the risk of maybe having to move my third up a tiny bit to get that player in a trade maybe and keep Gibson in the six. But to answer your initial question about Ridley, like it's kind of like A.J. Brown. Like A.J. Brown, we had Corey Davis leave, Jonu Smith leave, that Titans offense, and it was going to be just A.J. Brown. Like, granted, there's other players there, but nothing, no one's going to absorb even close to the amount of vacated targets that are left by those two departures. So you have yourself A.J. Brown looking at constant double teams. We didn't know what A.J. Brown was going to be facing in 2021. So Julio Jones landing there was actually a pretty, you know, it could be a good thing. Like it's hard to, to digest it that way. And it certainly could end up where Julio is got one more year left and he takes a lot of, he disrupts it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's taking volume. There was enough to like Jonu and Corey, those targets like Julio is going to barely be able to absorb like 80% of it. So it's not like he's absorbing anything that AJ had last year or even some of the amount that AJ is going to absorb from those departures this year. But does he disrupt things? Are things just different? You know what I mean? Like that could happen. But for the most part, my point is Julio might've saved AJ Brown from consistent, constant double teams. Now on the flip side, Kyle Pitts landing in Atlanta may 
have made too crowded of a situation for Ridley, Julio, and Kyle Pitts to all do what they were going to do without affecting everybody. And once Julio Jones was sent away, it kind of solved that problem. So it's like Julio leaving potentially solved the double team problems that A.J. Brown was about to face, and Julio leaving solved the problem of maybe there weren't enough targets to go around by adding an entire Kyle Pitts to the offense. So you got to kind of think, man, Julio leaving with Pitts coming makes Ridley a fantastic bet to get probably at least the same kind of production we got last year with a, a, a uptick in a few areas. That means that I'm not worried at all about Ridley. Ridley can't even really get double teamed on the regular like he could have been like in a different situation. Like let's say they traded Julio away, didn't draft Kyle Pitts, and now it's just Ridley, just like it was going to be just A.J. Brown. So, I mean, it's almost like a perfect trade for both situations in a way. Ridley's going to be fire. Ridley could be – now I worry about the the foot issue or the surgery he had, but Ridley's going to be fire. Ridley could be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football in 2021. And he proved that he can deliver that kind of production because he was the number one wide receiver in 2020 for more than a handful of games. It wasn't like one week he was the number one and then he dropped. Like he was literally the number one wide receiver in fantasy football for a string of games. So Ridley to me is a fantastic second drafted player. And in your question about your keeper, Third round keeper, I like it, but Gibson's just flat out better, bro. Just just a better keeper. Uh, Pitt's going to be the Pitts we think, though. Yes, Jordan, I do think he'll be the Pitts we're expecting to see. I do think he, he could have some ups and downs. Any rookie does, whether it's a quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Um, you're going to have some ups and downs. They're learning the game. They're learning the speed of the game the timing, the rapport. But, you know, if if, if TJ Hawkinson could, I think he had like 100, 100 and a touchdown his rookie week one outing, I believe it was. I could be mistaken on that, don't quote me, but it was something like that. I don't know, Jordan, if you're near a computer, look it up real quick for me. But I think it was 100 yards and a touchdown for Hawkinson in week one, his rookie year. And then, yes, he didn't do anything. But my point being that do I see – do I see Pitts having multiple games like that? Because I feel like Pitts is on a whole nother level above Hawkinson. I like Hawkinson. I predicted him to be a breakout last year. He's one of my top 12 breakouts. Him and Waller, I had two tight ends on my breakout predictions, and I only have 12. And Waller and Hawkinson both cracked that top top 12 prediction list. So clearly I love both of them. But Kyle Pitts is on a whole nother level. Than Hawkinson. So my point being, if a rookie can walk into week one, his first year ever playing the position at the NFL level and drop a hundred yard game and a touchdown, that's no fluke. You don't just stumble into that as a rookie tight end. So I think you're going to see Kyle Pitts have multiple versions of that going on, but also a bunch of games where he doesn't do much. You know what I mean? So it's going to some total be 900 to 12, 1100 yards. You know, let's call it a thousand. We got the extra game this year, so a thousand yards isn't as impressive as it used to be. So maybe he hits a thousand yards, maybe he gets more. And you know, eight, 
nine TDs. Like that's going to be a really good rookie tight end season, you know, and could he do more than that? He, he certainly could. He's so talented, bro. Um, so that's going to be it for today. Uh, Jordan, I appreciate you jumping in here and, and asking some really good relevant questions. This made this podcast, especially for the replay, replay purposes, a really, really good one with a lot of content, a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of content in one short, you know, 20 minute show, but Gibson, A-Rod, JK, we'll, we'll, we'll know more on A-Rod soon. Basically he has until July 2, July 2nd to opt out of his contract or opt out of the 2021 season, not the contract, the 2021 season. And if he opts out, he gets, he gets paid guaranteed 18.3 million just to say, I don't want to play this year. I want to go to Hawaii. I want to stay in Hawaii. You know, I want to stay in Hawaii and play, you know, divergent games with my wife in Hawaii, sipping on margaritas on the beach, on Waikiki, looking at the Moke Islands, just sitting there, relaxing, getting paid $18.3 million with my legs crossed, getting a tan, letting my, my silver and gray beard just ba- bask in the sun as I stick it to Green Bay and show them. I'm smarter than you, and I'm getting paid 18.3, and you got nothing in exchange for that. Nothing. You 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 called my bluff, and I'm so happy that I, I, I just totally stuck it to you. That's what I think A-Rod's about to do. If Green Bay doesn't just swallow their pride, realize they should have traded them on draft day when they had now 2021 rookie draft capital on the table, Sam Fran would have offered that number three pick. Green Bay could have used it on Kyle Pitts or whatever they wanted if they believe in love or whatever. They could have drafted Trey Lance. They could have, could have drafted whoever they want. But if they believe in love, they could have got Kyle Pitts. No. What did Green Bay do? Green Bay didn't make the trade, and now Green Bay is is just sitting there stubborn-like. And they're they're potentially going to just screw this up like they did the drafting of Jordan Love and how that screwed up the relationship with Aaron Rodgers and, and yeah, Gibson and JK Dobbins in for big years. They both have a little risk. I believe the risk is kind of baked in because they both have top five to 10 running back potential and they're going Gibson in mid two to, to round three. JK is going in three sometimes in those grandma leagues where you're playing with uncle bud and buck and grandma, you can get JK in round four and win your league. I appreciate all of you.